Would you like predictable monthly income with annual returns up to 15% or more? Norada Capital Management offers you the opportunity to invest in promissory notes with fixed rates of return and monthly direct deposits. We provide investors with an effortless way to diversify beyond other investment options like stocks and bonds and even real estate. Our promissory notes have a high rate of return and are 100% passive. Interest is paid monthly, directly into your account, delivering truly effortless income. Many other passive investments offer rates of return in the 4-6% to range. Our promissory notes have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since conception. All notes are in good standing and Norada has a no-default history and reputation. And retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So if you're looking for an effortless investment with predictable monthly income and double-digit returns, then visit our website at noradacapital.com. Learn more at noradacapital.com today. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. I've never had one of our investment counselors on the show before, so this is the first time we're going to do that. So I'm going to bring on one of my investment counselors. His name is Steve, a very sharp, smart individual. He's helped a lot of our clients to date, and um, we thought we'd do something a little different. I think what I'm going to do going forward is have the occasional frequently asked question podcast episode. And what we'll do is we'll cover three or four questions on each one of those episodes that we get asked by our clients on a regular basis. And so before we jump into those questions, I'm going to bring Steve on here and uh, let him introduce himself. So Steve, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me, Marco. It's my pleasure. It's going to be maybe a semi-regular thing to have you and the other guys on the show here so we can kind of uh, expose you guys, get you uh, out in front of our listening audience. Uh Uh-oh, mercy on the audience here. Watch out. (laughs) It's a good thing. Hey, Steve, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, just kind of share a little bit of your background with our listeners. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm Steve. Well, I'll I'll avoid a lot of the personal stuff, but I'm a dad and a husband and I love real estate. It's probably the first thing I think about every morning when I wake up. So that might be a bit of a problem. (laughs) I like it that much. But I've, I've been in real estate my whole career and involved in a lot of different capacities, you know, a lot of buy and hold on single family. I've even done some uh, assignment deals on raw land. I've done a ton of wholesaling. In fact, I used to own a franchise that all we did was wholesale and flip properties. And I learned a lot doing that business. It brings a lot of value when I work with Narada clients on, on what to look for and what to watch out for. In a property, because you know, it's just I'm I'm good at uh, reading inspections and pointing out what matters, what doesn't matter, and and sorting through all the things that that happen in a real estate deal because it's you know it's pretty amazing. And on on a typical turnkey deal, you've got what 10, 11, 12 people that all have their hands on that deal. <laughs> it's kind of a miracle. It turns out as well as it does, as often as it does, <laughs> considering all the moving parts. But you know, that's what we do. I enjoy that. I enjoy making deals and and helping people acquire properties and been in this business literally my whole career in one capacity or another. Yeah, you've ha- you have a lot of experience and I think you're being a little bit humble because I know you have done a lot more than what you're talking about and you've done a lot of rehabs from a remote distance. So you've been an active real estate investor 
in a market that's not local to you. And you've been very successful with that. So you've seen all those moving parts and you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly dealt with bad contractors. And I don't know if you've ever lost money on a particular flip, but you know, I think we've all experienced that at some point if you're in the game. Losing some right now. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it, you know, sometimes they just don't go the way you planned. And it's a particular property in Memphis, Tennessee, probably going to lose a little bit of money, a couple thousand dollars. But it, uh, you know, that's that's part of the risk that you take. And and I think that a lot. I've heard a lot of people say this, and and I totally agree with it. That you know, flipping properties and wholesaling properties that really is a job. You have a job. I, I don't know that you're necessarily investing when you do that because the outcome depends on your efforts and and what you actually do whereas a buy and hold that that's an investment you put your money in and for the most part let the market do its thing you, you do have some involvement there but yeah i i've been able to get a lot of good experience and a lot of a lot of good stories doing that kind of business and and i do enjoy it but uh, now on the flipping side, the wholesaling side, I just kind of take them as they come. I have a little bit of marketing in place still where I'll I'll do those deals as they come along. But I did learn when I was really aggressive in that that I didn't like having that be my career. You know, I didn't like living and dying by the wholesale. Uh, much would rather prefer to be in the buy and hold space. And that's why we talk to so many people who want to be a quote-unquote passive real estate investor because on the flip side, when you're an active real estate investor, you're the one who's taking on all the risk. You're the one responsible for the property, the capital, the crew. You know, you take on the risk. Now, granted, there's potential upside in making a transactional chunk of cash on that flip or if you hold it, that chunk of cash ultimately becomes the equity you own. But a lot of people don't want to be an active real estate investor, and those are the people that we typically talk to on a day-after-day basis. So, um, you know, and I will openly admit in the last 12 months through some of the acquisitions and renovations that I've been personally involved in, I've lost on three of those properties. Now, one of them was only about $200, but one went really, really sideways, and I ended up having to write a check to close escrow on that for close to $18,000. So that was an absolute big hit on a property. So zero profit, $18,000 loss. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to make it up on other deals that came thereafter. But that's the risk people take when they want to do the buy, fix, and flip or buy, fix, and hold method. Yeah. And I think you would agree with me, Marco, especially after you stroked a check for 18 grand, that that none of these flips are, (laughs) they're not at all like the flipping shows on HGTV. It's so glamorized and and the problems are so minimized on those shows. You know, they they say, oh no, I thought I was going to only spend 3,000 on tile and now it's five and they dramatize it and they make it like, like this big thing and they really simplify the numbers in the process. It's not like that at all. It's a grind. You've got to be very good at holding contractors accountable, holding people's feet to the fire. You can't buy low enough. <laughs> I mean, wow, you, you just have to buy these things at a very, very steep discount to, to get profit out of them because really there's so much unseen that happens and, and a lot of hidden costs that people don't think about when it goes into flipping. So it, it's not it's not as glamorous as you think it is. It can be very fun. I, I'll admit, when I get an offer accepted on a house, I, I get pretty excited. That's kind of fun. Sure. <laughs> but uh, it's all the aftermath and all the detail work that I just really didn't prefer. 
the reality TV that you see on TV is not always reality. The reality is when you actually roll up your sleeve and do it yourself, and then you realize, oh my God, this is a lot of work, and oh my gosh, that's an expensive rehab, and the scope of work is bigger than I thought, and now it's taking me two months longer to sell the property, so therefore I paid so much more interest on the money that I'm using to acquire and renovate the property, uh-huh. and on and on and on it goes. <laughs> yep. So, so <laughs> yep. Or you could just choose you know, the more passive approach and purchase turnkey properties and build your portfolio with you know the help of a company like ours or maybe another one and you know and and do it much more hassle-free and stress-free yeah i think you should do what you're really good at do what you're good at making money at and then put those profits into buy and hold real estate now if it so happens to be you're a really good wholesaler a really good flipper then there you go yeah but you know if you're really good at being an attorney or a doctor or a marketing director for a company that, you know, just, just make the money. Just make it and put it into passive real estate. I think you'll be really happy. Yep, well said. Well, Steve, let's uh, let's get into some of these FAQs, frequently asked questions that we get from our clients. Now, we literally speak to people every day. We get calls and emails from our website and requests for information and whatnot. Ultimately, we get on the phone, whether sooner or later, with prospective clients, you know, real estate investors all around the country, and even in other countries from Canada all the way down to Australia. And some of the questions come up on a fairly frequent basis. So what we've done is we've just kind of randomly picked three or four here. Maybe we'll go into five depending on time. And uh, I'm going to just throw it out to you as a question, and you can tell our audience how you answer that question, and, and maybe I'll add to what you're saying, or maybe I'll just answer the question as well in the way I, I answer it. So, Okay. All right. Well, the first one I have here is, um, I think, fairly common, and people will ask, you know, will that property that I'm looking to purchase be fully occupied with a tenant and have property management in place when they close. Um, I almost want to answer this before you do because I've answered it so many times, but I'm going to let you go first. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all your KPIs, that's your key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth, manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash real estate. That's netsuite.com slash real estate to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash real estate. Well, when I hear that question, I I need to kind of back out and learn about what the person may be talking about. There's a lot of information online about these kinds of topics. People use the term turnkey, and the problem is they all have different definitions of that. And so the answer is yes, sometimes. Sometimes they are fully tenanted. Sometimes they're not. That depends on what property you pick. 
as, as the client. And what market are you interested in? What kind of properties do you want in what kinds of neighborhoods? Because some of these properties are in shorter supply than others. And so when you get a chance to get a property, it might have just barely been acquired by one of our, our market providers. Or maybe, maybe it's not even acquired yet. They just have an accepted offer on it. And so you can see that as the timeline unfolds here, they're going to be rehabbing the property. Then they're going to be looking for a tenant. And most of the time, Marco, I've found that by the time they rehab it and they, they find a tenant, we're usually still waiting on the lender. <laughs> it's, the lender is almost always the bottleneck here in my experience. So yeah, usually it's going to have a tenant lease signed prior to your close. Uh, if it doesn't, we try to let you know in advance. If you're picking a property, we try to let you know, hey, look, there is a chance with when they're scheduled to close on this and, and how detailed the scope of work and the rehab is that there might not be a tenant in place. And then you as the client gets to decide, oh, I don't even want to deal with that or I'm willing to take that chance because it's really not that big of a risk at the end of the day. Your, your downside is you may end up paying a tenant placement fee, a lease fee. So that's how I answer that question. Yeah, and my canned response to this, and, and these are just round numbers, I don't have actual statistics, but I will usually tell people that about 80% of the time, by the time they close escrow, there will be either a tenant in place living in the property, or there will be a tenant that has secured a lease and maybe has not physically moved into the property because they're already living at another residence and they have to coordinate their move. But there will be a tenant that has secured that property, signed the lease, and they're just moving in you know, on the 1st of June or whatever the case is. So it's just the same as having a tenant. They just put a deposit, they've signed the lease, they haven't moved in. I'd say, loosely speaking, that's probably true 80% of the time. You know, Then I'll take that one step further and I will tell investors that if you're looking at a property that's under renovation right now, you like the market, you like the neighborhood, you like that property, you like the cash flow, it's basically what you are looking for because it meets your investment criteria. However, there's no tenant in place just yet. That's okay. Let's just get it under contract so you take it off the market, you have it reserved. Now, when the time comes where it's ready for you to close escrow on, chances are pretty darn good that you're going to have a tenant in place or your property management company will have a tenant for that property. And even if that doesn't happen, um, usually within one to two to maybe a maximum of three weeks, you're going to have a tenant in that property or a tenant lease signed. The only caveat to that, by the way, that's probably 95% of the situation um, that I come across. The only caveat I would throw out there is this. If you're looking at um, you know, a lower price property in a low income area that I would probably classify as a C plus neighborhood, maybe a C, which we don't have a lot of those type of properties, you may see that there is a longer turnover or lease up cycle when it comes to those properties. That's just been a, my experience. Yours might be different. Michael's, Ron's might be a little different. Um, but that's typically what I'll tell an investor just to set their expectations properly right from the beginning. And obviously we all want the properties leased with tenants in place the day we close. That usually happens, but not necessarily every single time. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it might sound like a bit of a tangent, but I want to add to that if you don't mind, Marco. Oh, no. Um, 
on those C-class type neighborhoods, you know, where the rents are, are cheaper, it's it's more of a, a working class tenant that they have that that less expensive lease for a reason. That's what they can afford. I've found that the property managers are, are a lot more careful. Not that they're not careful on, say, an A-class property, but when you're leasing those, it's more important to get the right tenant than it is a warm body. I mean, they, they can get you a warm body in two weeks, but you're also going to be in court evicting that warm body two months later. Mm-hmm. You don't want that tenant, right? It's important to let the property manager find the right tenant, somebody that doesn't have a history of evictions, somebody that's got the right debt-to-income ratio, verifiable employment, all that kind of stuff. Somebody who's likely to pay the rent because it's you, you just have to be careful on those kinds of tenants. Because, you, you know, Marco, you you and I, over the next 10 days, two weeks, everybody listening to the podcast we're all going to have some kind of unexpected financial event in our lives, right? Had to go to the doctor, flat tire, car needs repairs, house needs to be fixed, something. And, you know, we save for that stuff. It's not going to be a huge deal to us. But to a tenant who's paying $700 a month in rent, they're just as susceptible to those things as us, but that's a much bigger portion of their income. And, and so that's why you could see a higher vacancy rate on that stuff I shouldn't say you could. You will if the property managers aren't careful about who they lease those properties to. Yeah, you you need a property manager that's going to do a proper qualification and screening. But we just, in the last few months, fired two of our turnkey property providers. And one of the reasons why we had to let them go is because they were outsourcing the lease up to another property manager and their only interest was to put a body into the property. They didn't care much about that tenant's ability to stay for the long term because they weren't going to be the property manager managing that property. And so we just saw over the period of uh, four or five months that these tenants were constantly getting evicted. And, and that's just not the right way to go about it. So we've had conversations, you know, we've tried to rectify the situation and we've given them a second chance, but, you know, that just didn't pan out. And then there were some other reasons why, you know, we eventually let them go. But, you know, I'm just stressing the point of how important it is to get the right tenant in there. So it's more about quality, not so much speed. I agree. I agree. All right. So I think we pretty much covered that question. So going on to the next one here. Um, some people ask us, are the figures on your website accurate? Now we post a lot of information on our website. You know, there, there is a, a very good financial breakdown, the year one numbers, and then a projection for the next 30 years. And so for the most part, all of that is going to be pro forma. It's going to be, uh, what the property should and could, and probably will look like at the end of the first year, second year, third year, but you always have to make some assumptions. So um, before I go any further on that question, Steve, I'm going to throw it over to you and and let you answer that however you answer it on the phone. By the way, you know, for our listeners, we didn't go over these questions before we started recording this episode. I'm hearing Steve's answers for the first time, so I've never heard him on the phone. I don't know what he says, so I'm I'm kind of learning as as you are. So Steve, I'm throwing it over to you. What what do you tell people when they say are your figures correct on your website? Yeah, that that this is the first time you're hearing my answers, so everyone will know why I'll I'll be fired here shortly, right? <laughs> okay, so investors need to understand you're buying a house, you're buying sticks and bricks with a person in there, and that person has a life, and things change in life. Uh, you're not buying a bond, you're not buying treasury bills where the the return is is absolutely guaranteed. 
That being said, we do our best to give you some figures as to how we think this is going to turn out. So uh, sometimes when you're looking at the pro forma or the figures on our website, uh, I get a lot of questions about uh, what, what is the raw cash flow? You'll see when you click on a property, it says forecasted rent, and then it'll have management taxes, insurance, less. And so the, the end figure there is the raw cash flow. That obviously doesn't take into account vacancy, maintenance, or mortgage. But the, those figures, like insurance and taxes, are typically based on a percentage of what the purchase price is. So our team loads the property on the website, and there are various assumptions that calculate those figures, and they're usually pretty close, but sometimes they could, in theory, be a little off. One reason is taxes are calculated not necessarily based on purchase price of a property. That's based on what the county assessor of the county where the property is located assesses your property at. And I think, Marco, you'd agree with me that most of the time the county assessor will assess it for less than the quote-unquote market value. That's usually the case. Often. Yeah. And so that is the rate that your taxes are calculated based off of. And that's a different rate in every single county in America. So we can get pretty close, but sometimes it varies. You know, one that we that is a constant snag that when you're talking to your investment counselors, be sure to bring this up. Uh, Indianapolis always presents an interesting curveball here, right, where uh, we've had to have talks with providers before where they have these taxes that are obviously too low. And it's because they're looking it up with the county assessor and in Marion County, Indiana, you can get your property taxes homesteaded if you're elderly or handicapped or something like that. And they put those property taxes really low. Like I'm talking a couple hundred bucks a year low is all the taxes are. And so a lazy provider could put those up on the pro form and you're thinking, hey, this thing is a grand slam. But in reality, when you close on that, eventually the assessor is going to figure out you're not homesteaded and they're going to put those taxes at 2% of assessed value. So be sure to ask us about that. We try to verify accuracy, but just know because we're dealing with so many different counties here, uh, one formula of a percentage price might be something to to watch out for. And then ask us about property management uh, insurance too, right? That's going to depend on what kind of insurance policy you pick. And Marco's done a lot of episodes on this. And what are the possibilities? I mean, generally, we're, we're assuming you're going to do a little bit higher deductible insurance. So if your insurance quote comes back way higher than what we're saying, you got to look at what kind of deductible you have. What kind of policy do you have? Because that's probably what's affecting that. So those are some of the things that I would mention as, as to uh, accurate figures on the website. What do you say to that, Marco? My response is a little different, although it's not different to what you're saying. I just approach it a little differently. And, and basically what I say is this. We try to make the figures on our website as accurate as possible, but we have to take those figures from the information we're given. So we obviously make the assumption that the information that our providers in each of our markets are giving us are accurate. So what we'll do is we'll take that property tax and insurance information, the rent and the purchase price. Th those are the core numbers. There's you know maybe some other things involved, but we'll post and publish that information and assume it's correct. More often than not, the insurance is going to be about the same. So, you know, there's not a lot of deviation with that. And, and we'll usually estimate that to be between $50 and $70 per month per door. Um, the property taxes is the one that sometimes we find somewhat off. And it could be a typo. 
Um, fortunately, what we do is every time a, an investor says, hey, you know, I like that property. I've done my due diligence. You've answered my questions. I've looked at the scope of work. I've researched the neighborhood. I've walked it on Street View, et cetera, et cetera. And they say, I'll take it. The, one of the first things we do is we actually take a snapshot of the numbers of that property, send it back over to the provider and just say, um, hey, so-and-so, we have a buyer interested in this property. A, is it still available? B, can you confirm the following numbers are still correct? And so what we want them to check is that the rent is the same because that rent could have been a target rent at the time they gave us the property, but now it's leased and it could be $25, $50 more than the number they gave us, or it could be $25 to $50 less than the original target rent that they gave us. Usually that number is pretty accurate, um, but more often than not, it's going to be very close to what the real number is. Now, if the property is already leased, there is nothing to change. All we're doing is confirming that that number is the actual number, because if it's leased at $1,000 a month, we're confirming that it's leased at $1,000 a month. So that doesn't change, but that could deviate a little bit. So the rent is one thing that we have to confirm, and the property taxes is the other thing that we confirm. And and that's what we do before we'll put it under contract, just to make sure there was no error, misunderstanding, typo when it went into the system. Um, I think I missed a point there, but that's the process that we go through to confirm the accuracy of the figures. I don't know if I missed anything, Steve, but... I would add something to that. Um, we also have financing figures as to what we think your closing costs and your interest rates and things are going to be. And, and that's typically based on what we're seeing most clients get on conventional financing at, at that time. But you've got to make sure. You, we always refer you to a couple of lenders. You can use your own if you want to, if they know how to do investment properties. But you got to confirm what your fees are going to look like, what you should reasonably expect. Uh, one thing I see that surprises some investors is that many lenders are going to require a full year's prepayment of taxes and insurance. And so that's going to be a little chunk more out of pocket than you may have been expecting. So make sure that that's a question that you you ask your lender, uh, if I'm your investment counselor, that's something I always follow up on. I want to make sure you understand what your costs are going to be because you know, we're giving what most people can get. But then again, we don't know what lender you're choosing necessarily or, or what you've asked them. So that's something that you need to communicate with uh, your investment counselor on. Yeah, lending is always a variable. The interest rate is going to change. You know, if you decide to go with a 15-year amortization over a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you know, well, obviously your debt service will be higher, your cash flow will be lower. So that'll impact what you see in terms of the numbers on our website. And all those figures can be changed and updated in real time. So when you click the orange button underneath the photo of the property that you're looking at, you can go in there and change any of the numbers or figures within the blue boxes. And that will update everything else on the tables and charts in real time. So you could really play around with it. But again, that's a variable that now you are controlling and you are changing. But when you shop your financing around, obviously you'll get a certain set of terms based on the loan that you want to use to finance your property. So, you know, obviously that's that's going to be a, a constant variable. Right. I don't know if those two words should ever go together, constant and variable, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but there they went. They're together now. Yeah, I'm not taking it out. It's staying in yeah. there. All right. I think we covered that pretty well. Um, next question that we get, and I know we're kind of pressed for time here. You've got a client call coming up, Steve, so we'll try and wrap this up here in five minutes. Every once in a while we get asked, you know, how do you guys get paid? And, um, you know, I have a quick answer to that. So um, I'll throw it over to you and then I'll chime in. Yeah, it's pretty easy. You don't have to worry about Narada ever sending you an invoice. You're never going to pay us a dime. 
That's not how we make our money. Essentially, these uh, local market providers that we use, we have these pretty close relationships with, they will just give us the money that they would have given to a local realtor. They've already got budgeted in their projects. I know that when I uh, flip properties, I always have to budget for marketing costs, and that's how we get paid. Exactly. And what I say is more or less the same thing. I just tell them that you'll never see you know, a bill from us before, during, or after the transaction, even though we're involved, you know, before, during, and after the transaction with you, um, you know, our, our services are what I'll refer to as value add. We're here as your advisor, confidant, and counselor. Uh, we want to help you make the right decision, but we don't bill you for that because our compensation comes from the sales side, the seller side, not the buyer side. So it's much like a traditional real estate transaction or relationship where you have a broker in the middle, a buyer on one end of the transaction, a seller on the other. The seller almost always is the one putting up the commission or the fees to compensate the, uh, the, you know, the seller's agent and the buyer's agent. So this is very similar to that, and, and that's why you as a buyer, our client, our investor, will never pay a fee. That's the long and the short of that one. Yep, there it is. All right, let's see if we can get one more in here. I think we can. Okay, so uh, sometimes we get asked, you know, what is your role after the close? And this is a very, very good question because I can tell you from just hearing stories from past and current clients that have dealt with other companies, often the relationship with other companies, they sometimes feel like they're being thrown over or kicked over the fence they're still involved, but they're more engaged with the local provider than they are with the, the real estate agent or the or the turnkey provider or the turnkey company that they're working with. But that's before the close. But after the close, it seems like most companies, at least this is what I hear, and it doesn't surprise me, but they kind of disappear. You know, they're, they're more or less done with you, done with the transaction. There's nothing else that they really need to do. So the communication dies off and that's about it. So our role after the close, and what I'll do is I'll answer this first, Steve, is is that we will stay in touch with you as our client, our, our investor. We'll, we'll follow up. We'll actually request a survey from you so you could rate us and the lender and the provider and, and other parties involved in the transaction because we keep dibs on all our providers. But we also want you to realize that there's an open door. You can call us or email us anytime you have any question. If you have any issue, definitely let us know because we want to know what's going on. This is how we keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. So if you have slow communication with your property manager or breakdown in communication or um, or there's some other issue going on or whatever it is, you can contact us anytime. We're here to, you know, just make sure that the transaction continues to run smooth. And, you know, if we have to step in and call up the uh, property manager or any other party that's been involved uh, to say, hey, what's going on? Or did you forget to send the copy of the lease over to the client? Whatever it may be. I mean, it's kind of hard to make some stuff up because this doesn't happen too often. So I'm kind of stretching to give examples. But the door's open. You can call, email us, whatever, anytime. We're we're always here to help you. So, Steve, what do you say to that? Yeah, my my answer is usually very blatantly transparent. I just I would tell clients that, hey, look, it's in our best interest for you to have a good experience here, and we're going to work for you to have that. Because if you have a good experience, you're going to come back to us for more properties, and we make more money. <laughs> that's why it's blatantly transparent. So we want you to. We, we want you to cash flow because that's good for everybody. So we will be involved, like you said, Marco, before, during, and after the transaction as much as you want us or need us to be. 
for some people, they don't reach out to me much. Other people I'm talking to a lot. I've never had to file a restraining order yet. Don't worry about it. Feel free to get in touch <laughs> with us. It's okay. And I, I think that the less we talk about your property after the close, the better. It's not that we don't want to talk to you. It just means everything's going according to plan. Right. Right. I, in an ideal world, you're just cashing the checks and, and that's all there is. But remember, like I said, these are sticks and, and bricks with people living in them. Eventually, the property manager is going to send you a question or, or send you a bill or something. And you're going to need somebody that knows what they're talking about to discuss with this. And a lot of times we can jump in. We can help clarify things. Yeah, if you run into any difficulty, I will tell you that because of the volume of referrals we send these people, we probably have a little bit more leverage to twist arms and get things done if something isn't going your way. Along the lines of what you said, Marco, it doesn't happen a lot, right? I mean, most of the time these things go pretty well. They go the way people expect them to. But if you run into a snag, we're here. We want to help you. We want you to be a successful investor. We're happy to help. Yep, that's what we're here for. Perfect. Well, we've uh, we've covered about four questions today. That's a, I think a good start. We'll do another episode like this in a few weeks, and uh, you know, talk about some more frequently asked questions. Uh, any last comments, Steve, that you want to say? You mean any last words before I get canned now? That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, feel free to use us. There are no dumb questions, right? Uh, we get a lot of the same questions over and over again. That's fine. Uh, ask us whatever you want to, uh, because we know that. You're, you're not in this world every day like we are. Uh, so some things that we might take for granted or might seem obvious to us are just totally new to you as a client. So don't be shy. Ask us anything you want to. Uh, we'll give you the best answer that we can. If there isn't an answer, we'll tell you. Or if we don't know it, we'll find it. That, that's what we're here to do is to streamline this process for you. Perfect. That's a great place to end on. Steve, I appreciate your time. Let me just quickly say uh, to our listeners, if you haven't downloaded the Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing, you know, be sure to do that. It's a free download on our websites. Just go to noradarealestate.com, download that report, and uh, it's chock full of great information. And lastly, if you want one of our free mugs, the Keep Calm and Invest On mug, again, just leave us a rating and review on iTunes and then just shoot an email over to reviews at noradarealestate.com and be sure to leave us your uh, mailing address so we know where to send it to, but we would be more than happy to send you out one of those uh, great little coffee mugs. I have one of them. All the cool kids have the coffee mug, guys. You got to get one. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you have it and I'm glad you enjoy it. I have one on my desk right now. Steve, hey, I appreciate your time today. I know you got a call right now, so uh, thanks again. We'll have you back on in uh, another month or so, and uh, we'll pick it up from where we left off. Sounds good. Take care. All right, Steve. Thank you. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.